Hey, Kim. Hey, Ashley. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am riding high after this amazing interview that we just completed. Riding high is good. good word for it. Uh, I'm also in awe, quite frankly. Right. Like, it's, it's kind of speechless, you know? Most definitely. Um, we just sat down with Venus Morris Griffin and had a wonderful, heartfelt interview and learned far more at least than I knew. Venus, for those of you who, who may not know, is the one of the top real estate agents in Augusta. She works for Maybaum, and she is just an inspiring lady. Um, the phenomenal. story Phenomenal. The story that she has about her life and how she rose to the level of success that she is at is um, nothing short of a miracle, quite frankly. Um, and she says it in her podcast, it's definitely a God thing. Um, I don't know how don't you can with her at all. No, I don't know how you can come from <laughs> the place where she came from and get through everything that she had to go through um, without Jesus or God. I just I don't know how you do that. But she has a book coming out soon, um, validated, and um, we sat down with her, you know, in advance of her book coming out, and just to learn a little more about her and how she got to where she is. So hopefully you guys will enjoy our conversation with Venus Morris Griffin. Enjoy. Welcome to Augusta Magazine's Front Porch, a podcast about life in the Garden City and the people that call Augusta home, as well as a behind-the-scenes look here at Augusta Magazine. From restaurants and shopping to healthcare and business, we'll talk about it all. Welcome to our Front Porch. Hey, Venus. Hi there. How are you? I am great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. I am super excited to get to talk to you today. Well, thank you so, so much. It has been a long time coming for us anyway. You've been on our top list to, to nice. talk to you on the front porch. So um, really, I wanted to talk to you, though, just about you and your overall success and the new book. Well, thanks. So um, I, um, I'm very blessed and I'm thankful to be successful in this business you know, I was a stay-at-home mom for um, nearly 20 years and had no intention of doing anything but raising my family and um, only became in the business world because I had no choice. Sure. And um, I'm thankful that um, God put me in a place where I was in a field that I could provide for my six children at the time and, um, you know, rise to the top quickly. So tell me about, we'll go back and kind of talk about how you got to where you are, but... Sure the real estate world here in Augusta, how is it right now? So it is phenomenal. Uh, last year, I think I had in excess of $60 million in overall um, sales. And wow. this year I'm well ahead of where I was last year. Um, for example, and the, the neat thing is, um, you know, that three to $500,000 price range, I love, it's one of my favorite price ranges because you've got so many people that, um, you really impact their lives, and, and you've got a bigger pool of buyers. Um, but I, I'd say I sell $30,000 houses with the same work ethic and love as I do $5 million houses. Um, but I just listed one three days ago on Millage Road, and I think I listed it for $2.75 Oh, and, wow. And it went under contract in three days. So it's so, still pretty hot around here yes, then as far yeah, as... Okay. And, and that's like a big... You know, like I said, the, the middle price range um, always sells in Augusta because our market's insulated. 
um, with, you know, the military base and the hospitals and uh, SRS. So, uh, but the higher price points, that's how you can really see, okay, like the million, two million dollar houses are, are flying as well. So. so I remember a few months ago when houses would literally, they wouldn't even hit the market and they would be gone. So are we still seeing some of that or is it? So we're still seeing that. You're, we're seeing a little bit of a slowdown because, um, you know, sellers have gotten uh, a, a little greedy, to be honest with you. Sure. And, and buyers are starting to be like, okay, we're going to hold out because this this is not realistic um, as far as even appraising or a resale value down down the road. So it is still crazy. I mean, I put a, two offers in on houses yesterday, and um, we had to come, you know, ten twenty thousand dollars above on both of them to have a shot at it. And I've, we got one of them, but we haven't heard back from the other. So, you know, it still is really crazy. That is crazy. I've had some friends that have listed their houses, and sight unseen, people from the West Coast were just buying homes. So, yeah, I told you this like, $2.75 wow. million house on Millage, mm-hmm. it was purchased sight unseen. That is so crazy yes. to me that somebody would just purchase a house and hadn't even seen it. I mean, yeah. I guess with today's technology, yeah. you can do the walkthroughs and yes. all that kind of stuff, but yes. still not yes. the physically. Well, I'll tell you, marketing is everything. And one of the reasons I rose to the top quickly is I know you have to spend money to make money. And so, you know, I treat the $30,000 listing just like I do the you know, $2.75 million listing. And then when you do the right thing for everyone, then your reputation starts to, you know, speak for itself and people refer you and, you know, you get more listings, get more buyers and sellers. And, and you know, I always tell my staff and, and people that mentor me, I never look at what I make. I always look at doing the best job I can do. And then you will always be successful. But the moment you focus on what you make will be the moment that you're not successful in this industry. Right. right. So I do have one question about a, a piece of property here in Augusta. Yes. That big, I don't know, was $15 million or how much was it? The property across from the National. Yes, yes. Has anybody, is so, there any bites on that? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. And, and the seller is a, a good friend of mine. He's a great guy. Um, we sold half of the property. I can't disclose who. Sure. Because you know, you know, I had to sign an NDA. Right. And the other half of the property, uh, we had basically a full price offer and um, he withdrew, uh, he withdrew just for, I can't really say, no, but, sure. um, it, I mean, he was above board on everything and he just doesn't tolerate mediocrity and, um, gotcha. and now he's decided that he would like to just keep it. Um, okay. and he uses it for masters, but I think he's, uh, joined a course around here and, okay. um, just for, you know, friends and family. He's like a super guy. That's cool. Yeah. I know when that went on the market, um, I was shocked. I mean, just because I was like, wow, that's a lot of money it's for a lot one, of money. For it's one a lot property. Of money. And we had several offers on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's good to yeah. know. And, you know, it's hard for a normal person like me or you to wrap our brain around that kind of money. Absolutely. But Augusta's really a small piece of the pie when you look at the world and people's net worth. I, my marketing can reach people that are worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. It's really nothing to buy something like that for a week. That's crazy. Really. So, that is so crazy to yeah. me. I can't but we're very that, fortunate yeah, but... to have the masters here and all that brings, yes, which yes, is great. And yes. it's great for the real estate market. Yes, so. absolutely. absolutely. So. so let's talk about you. Okay. And let's okay. talk about this book Okay. that we are all eagerly awaiting so that we can read it. Yes. So I think the book is going to be life-changing for everyone. 
because uh, people look at me and they um, they have this perception of me that's that's just not true. They assume that I have the perfect life, that I've had everything handed to me, that you know I've had every advantage in life. And I find that the problem with the world is we're all too afraid to be vulnerable and show our weakness. And we want everybody to think that we've got it all figured out when the reality is none of us have it all figured out. That's true. It's a journey every day. In my book, it, it was it's very difficult. I can't even read the whole book at one setting. It's emotionally draining because it puts it all out there. You'll see quickly from birth to where I'm at now, I've struggled most of my life just, just to live and survive. And, um, you know, I, I share um, all of my faults and, you know, I share every time I've fallen to my knees and um, to help other people to say, okay, oh my gosh, if this girl who came from nothing, um, you know, can do it, then then I can do it and you can probably do it better because you probably don't have seven kids. So, you know, I, I share my story. Um, uh, I start from childhood because, you know, when I was younger, I used to look around and I thought everybody else had life figured out but me. And again, the reality is none of us really have it figured out. You do the best you can do every day. And as long as you, as long as you can look up, I tell my kids when their dad went to prison, as long as we can look up as a family, we will get up. But you've got to know that you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you're going to get somewhere. But you got to do it every day. So I listened to a podcast that's on your website okay. and just heard, you know, I listened to maybe 20 or 30 minutes of it. And it literally brought me to tears because I can't even imagine. I only have one child. Yes. But I cannot imagine having seven children. Yes. And all of a sudden your entire world flips. flips. Yeah. Well, I always say God gives you the grace when you need it. You don't get it before, and you'd be surprised at what you have the strength to do. And um, I'm no one special. I just, um, you know, good things happen to bad people, and you just have to decide what you're going to do with it, if you're going to be the victim or if you're going you're gonna to say, you know what, I forgive this person. Yeah, it's really bad what happened to me, what they did. But, um, you know, in defense of my ex-husband, you're not defined by the worst thing you've ever done. And so the first thing I told my children when their dad was sentenced to 45 years in prison, I said, the first thing we're going to do as a family, so we're going to forgive your dad. I heard that on the podcast. And we will never talk bad about him. And, you know, I'm going to do my best. Um, I don't know what that means. You know, we lived, we were in a two-bedroom. I did not know how I was going to meet their basic needs. I had just got my real estate license. And, you know, my oldest son, he's amazing. He's a senior at the dental school now. He said, Mom, you know, it doesn't matter. What happens to us? If we lose everything we have, we have our family. And I'm going to help you raise my brothers and sisters. And so we just, you know, got up and worked together. And, you know, I think my childhood was useful because, as I was sharing with you before the podcast began, you know, I grew up, I have a, a wonderful mother, but she struggled with um, drug addiction and alcoholism a whole life. And, you know, my first memory is watching her fingernails when I was very little, and if they turn blue, call 911. And so, you know, going from that to watching her going in and out of mental hospitals to drug addiction clinics, and she's a great person. Again, mental illness, people want to throw a stone, but I always say, you know, know, Jesus, we're not not here to judge the other people, and mental illness is a serious thing. It's, It's really no different than cancer, but 
we as humans, we want to, um, we want to put other people down and make ourselves feel better about where we're at in our life. Right. And so my mother tried her best and she, she was very good. She is very good in many aspects, but you know, I was basically at 14 on my own and, you know, living from friend to friend and, um, just trying to figure life out and, um, watch my brother get sentenced to maximum security prison and my, my sister, we all had the same childhood. I mean, it was, it was bad, you know, I mean, you know, my, my sister lost her children when they were very small and ended up in a mental hospital and she's never seen them since. And we don't even know if she's alive. It's been probably 20 years. So, you know, we all three grew up the same way, but I, I say my life is an example of it's really all about your choices. You know, you can choose to be the victim. You can choose, you know, to be on drugs, alcohol, or you can choose to just get up and put your feet in front of each other and do your best. And, and you're, you will succeed, you know, even if doors close. It's just right. another window, you know, opening a new one. So, so. So what made you decide, okay, so you've lived through all of this and you've become this successful real estate person. So why write this book? I mean, what prompted this? So, um, you know, I think women, especially a lot of us, we, we sacrifice our careers for our family and we stay home. And, you know, in hindsight, I've got more responsibility for what happened to me and my children because you know, my husband had a lot of uh, mental issues, physical and verbal abuse that I that I endured because, you know, I wanted to help him and I loved him, but I also was trapped. I had no way to support my children. I didn't want my kids to grow up like I did without a mother and a father, and I was committed to no matter what it cost me as a person to be in that rock for my family. And I want to show women that you don't have to be like that. That it doesn't matter what happens to you, that you can get out of a bad situation and you can be successful. I was flat broke at 40. I was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. I didn't, again, know how I was going to even meet my children's basic needs. Their dad goes to prison for 45 years. Everyone in the community is gossiping. My daughter's coming home from school crying. People are wanting to de-godmother me because of what happened and, and what my husband was convicted for. You know, and I just said, you know what? It doesn't matter what people say about us. It does not matter what people think about us. We know who we are. We're going to do the best we can do and and not pass judgment on other people. And we just, you know, I, I, I think um, that first year when he went to prison, after I sat my kids down, um, you know, it was just really hard. My, my one daughter has really struggled, and I'll just never forget. And she's like, Mom, who's going to? Who's going to give me away at my wedding, you know? And then it's just, it's hard. And life life is hard. But as long as you know that there's always light at the end of the tunnel, my book is going to help people see, okay, you know, these are really awful things. But you can get through it. And, and you can not only achieve, you can exceed any goal or aspiration that you want as long as you work for it. You know, I think, I think young people especially think that, you know, I've got kids graduating college and, you know, here I am this superstar financially. I make a lot of money. I tell them, listen, I've worked 11 years to get where I'm at now. And that's really a short time to achieve what I've achieved. But you gotta, I don't care if you're sweeping floors, you can be successful. You can be 
And success isn't defined to me by what you achieve. Success is defined by what somebody over comes to achieve. And it's not defined by how much money you have. You know, success to me is about the relationships with your family and your friends, your faith, taking care of yourself. So when my husband went to prison, I never will forget my divorce attorney said, you know, Venus, what are you taking every day? I can't, I can't imagine, you know, what you're, what you're going through. You know, you don't get child support from prison. Um, and I said, you know what, I'm not taking anything. I said, I get up every day. I committed. Every day I got up and I ran five miles because that gets your endorphins going. And then I would come home, get my children up, and I took them to Mass every day for the first year he was in prison, like Monday through Friday, because I knew I was not strong enough to, to do needed it. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, but the other thing is, and then you get up, you go to work, and, and what I didn't want to do is let my children think that money and success was more important to them. So I committed to having family dinners with them every night, and we would sit down no matter what time it was, and go around and say our good thing and not say good thing. And, you know, we just work together and just, you know, I tell my friends, listen, don't tell me what people are saying. Don't tell me. It's none of my business. Even now, you know, when I I became very successful and um, people, women especially, and we should get on board with each other to celebrate success with each other because men have it figured out. They can like high five and, and a be excited for a colleague when they achieve something and, and like he's amazing. But a woman, you know, we've got to look for fault in that woman to figure out why she's successful. That's right. She couldn't do it just because she worked her ass off. Right. That That is not, that's not possible. And I remember I was so devastated when I first got my license in that year. You know, I was literally knocking on doors, begging people to list their house with me. And I would tell them, I will be the best real estate agent if you just give me a shot. Because I knew if I failed, that meant my kids failed. And I didn't want them to lose both their mom and dad. And so I was was committed every day to making them proud. But, But women, you know, you rise to the top. And again, instead of celebrating and saying, like Claire Stone. Right. I love Claire Stone. She was my mentor. Mm -hmm. I never once, as I became more successful and achieved the same level of success as her, never took away from her business. And I never tried to. I always said, she's such an amazing woman. But most times, you know, we want to say, well, she's getting the business because of this or this. You know, I was sleeping with my broker. You know, I was, you know... You know, it was funny because my kids called me the other day and they said, Mom, like, people just talk about you. And I said, Honey, it's none of our business. We know who we are. Just, you know, that just means you're doing something right if, if you know, people are watching you. You know who you are and you don't listen to anything that's not uplifting unless you know you're out of check. Then you get yourself right. in check. Right. Yeah. So It's amazing that you have that conviction and that fortitude given the fact that you weren't raised in a strong household as far as, you know, having yeah. a stability, you yeah. know, some stability there. Um, but I commend you for that. And then also for, you know, the example that you've been for your children. And the first thing, you know, I've always heard in my life and, you know, I come from a divorced um, family and my parents didn't get divorced until I was, it was my senior year of high school. Yeah. But my mother 
always said you have to forgive yeah. in order to move forward. And yeah. that was really hard for me yeah. to forgive because, you know, you want to lay blame yeah. somewhere. As a human, that's just what you want to do. You need something to lash out at. So sure. for you to say to them, yeah. the first thing we're going to do is forgive. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I fail all the time. But but when you you fail, you just do your best to get up. That's because right. Because no one is perfect. And, and But we need to focus. I always tell my kids when they're complaining about me not doing something right. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you can look at the glass half empty or glass half full. Sure. You know, so, you know, my father, for example, I did not know I had a different father than my siblings until I was 17. And my mother told me um, she had... She she was intoxicated, and she told me about a different father. And so, you know, instead of being a victim of that, I met him one time when I was 17, and I remember meeting him. He was a lovely man, and he said to me, I'm so sorry, Venus. You know, I love you. You know, your mother and I had an affair. I'm still married to the – he was still married to the same lady 45 years, and I never, ever meant to hurt you, but no, I love you. And I looked at him, and I just thought, you know, this is a really great man. He gave me life. It's maybe not ideal circumstances, but but I don't need to hate him. You know, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be here. And, you know, with my brother and sister making the choices they made with their lives, I'm like, maybe my genetics are more friends from right. this side of the family. <laughs> and, you know, I've always just had this love for him in my heart. And, and never will I allow myself to think something negative of him or my mother. You know, because she should not have had that affair for sure, and he should not have either. But, you know, she's dealing with a man that's trying to shoot her. Right. And who's, you know, mentally just abusing her. And I don't know what his circumstances are, but, you know, you just forgive them and just be grateful for what you have. And that carries you to a different level. And with clients, I feel like I have an edge on, on my competitors because I can relate to someone that has nothing and love and respect them. Just like I do with someone that has $100 million. One of my favorite clients ever was in Harrisburg. I sold her a $35,000 house. And I had to help her figure out how to come up with 3% or 3.5%. And every time I see her, I'll see her at the fair or somewhere. She will hug me and start crying. Because she wouldn't have gotten that house had I not really cared about her. And there was no money in that for me. But sure. But you, you do the right thing. And goodness comes to you. And you look at the big picture. My my favorite thing to do is, like at Christmas, we'll go, me and the kids or my staff went this last year, and like we'll go to a, like a project area mm-hmm. where, where, you know, you've got people that you can see are struggling. We'll just give out $100 meals to like everybody we see. I mean, that's so, it gives you, there's no gift that I could ever get. Sure. But I was there. I grew up in the projects. You know, I would go stay with my grandma in the projects. I couldn't live with her because she was in the elderly section. But that's who I hung out with. And I had to figure out how to get from here to where I'm at. And, you know, I thought I figured it out when I graduated college and I met my high school sweet, I mean, my college sweetheart. And 20 years after we're married, well, you know, he's, I get a call in the middle of the night and a prostitute's calling me and she's blackmailing him and, and she took everything he had and had nothing. And, you know, and, and I'll tell you something else. You know, people say, like, when I met with that prostitute, I, I'll never forget, I got up, you may have heard this, but I, I got did. up, went down, she was at the Denny's, that little place, and that poor girl, like, you would think I would hate her because she basically just ruined my life as I knew it, but a woman does not do that to her body. 
and, and does not do that unless she has really been abused. And so I felt this connection with her and this compassion and like an instant forgiveness. I gave her a hundred dollars. I didn't have, I wrote her check. I didn't even, we couldn't clear. I told her she didn't cash it for three days because I had no money in my account. But we just, I mean, she loved me by the time I mean, here she is. She's like, you, I just think you're the nicest person. And, and I don't know why I did that, but I just knew. And I told her, I said, her name is Jamie. I said, you need to get out of this mess. She was wanted for some crime. I said, I'll help you. You need to educate yourself. I will educate you. If you get yourself clear so you're not going to go to jail, right. I will help you get through college because that's how, what, that's what saved me. That's what I do now. I have a $10,000 scholarship fund um, for a child that has at least one parent in prison. And like right now, we're looking for someone for next year. And it doesn't matter what your grades are. They just have to write a letter and say what parents in prison, what they did, how they've in, how's impacted their life, and how they want to be different. And my kids are going to choose who the sponsor is. But, you know, it's just helping the people. You know, I look at people of privilege. And, you know, it's upsetting sometimes. I look at who gets these scholarships. It's the people sure. that have white privilege. You know, and I'm a white person saying that, and I hope that doesn't offend anyone. But it's like you've had most everything handed to you. Yeah, you're going to get the scholarships. But what about the people like me? Right. Who had nothing. And who need it the yeah, most. Yeah, need it. And you're just, you're overlooked. And you're looked at poorly. You're judged by people because you're not from the good old boys club. And then when you achieve success, they want to tear you down. Right. Because you're not from that club and there's got to be another explanation. You can't, it's not possible just to work hard and to get to be the top real estate agent. And so my book's going to help people say, well, yeah, it is. And you don't need to worry about what anybody says about you. Your success will speak for yourself. I don't have to say anything when I put a big V up on those billboards because they know who I am. You don't. And let me tell you, we talk about that all the time because we talk about how it used to be Venus. Yes. And then you went to showing your team with the V and now it's just the V. Yes. And Kim and I talk about it all the time. We're (laughs) like, she got it, girl. She well, she nailed it. <laughs> and I have big, big dreams. I've got this big thing in New York. This guy found me. He heard one of my podcasts on the infertility. So I've had all six of six of my first children from a donor. Okay. And they're they're not biologically related related to my, my husband who's in prison. And my kids didn't know that until their father went to prison. And and he he didn't want anyone to know. And I was respectful of that because they were our children. Sure. But when he so I had to sit all the kids down and tell them who their father, you know, by the way, your dad's really not your dad, but we love you. And this is the way we had to conceive you. I lost like all of my friends in the Catholic church, like all of my friends. And I'm just like, you know, who are you to judge me for until you walk in my shoes and you know, and you know what it's like that you can't bear a child. And I am willing to take advantage of what modern medicine gives me. Don't judge me. And if you want to judge me, that's fine. That's fine. That's right. They'll have to answer They'll have for to it. Answer it. That's for right. It. But I was saying, um, you know, it's just life is a, a roller coaster, and you just you have to do your best to be your best, and and be easy on yourself. Be gentle. We all mess up. You just do the best you can be, best version of yourself, and forgive people. And and my book is going to help people. This guy from New York 
So he found me on the Infertility Podcast. He, um, I can't say who he is, but we sure. can do it this month. And I think he's got, he said between 11 and 30 million followers. Oh, wow. And so his wife is like a big fan. She's heard some of my podcasts. And so he's like making me stop with the book. Not making me, but I can't do anything with the book until after his thing. Because he's kind got of a it. big deal. I mean, he was recognized by the President of the United States for, I can't say more. But sure. just, and he's got one of the best-selling books on the cool. New York Times. So, so I, once that happens, then I'll have a timeline when my book is going to be released. But I really think, um, again, I think it's going to help a lot of people that see you can... You can get through anything, you know. You got to put the oxygen mask on yourself first, and that's why I tell I get up, I get up at five o'clock almost every morning. I'm at the gym by five thirty, and I work out an hour and a half because I got I know women try to be martyrs, and we think we got to take care of everybody else but ourselves, and we neglect ourselves, and then we feel frumpy and just we're irritated. So you know, you put the oxygen mask on yourself, and then. You go out there and you just be who you are. And it doesn't matter what it is. There's there's no, you know, one of my daughters just graduated with an accounting major. And she tells me she wants to go do hair and, and be a cosmetologist. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's awesome, you know. But she was scared she was going to disappoint me because here I am. You know, but I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you meet your basic needs financially, you can save for your retirement and, and maybe have a little extra to do some fun things. The more money you make doesn't make you happier. That's right. And as long as you're happy. As long as you're happy. That's right. Because I'm telling you what, I think, you know, we're all just one catastrophic event, life event, away from being exactly where you were. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's amazing to me how quickly you can go from being on top to nothing. Yes. But how quickly people forget that. Yes. Well, and I still struggle. You know, people, I still do not have it figured out. Some days I still wake up and want to cry because, like, what if I don't sell a house? And what if I can't take care of my kids? You know, what if I have seven kids and two grandbabies? My daughter had an unplanned pregnancy in college, and she had twins at 19, and she's a super mom. But but I just, I still, you know, my marriage, you know, we've been married almost eight years. It's hard. You know, he married me. I had six kids. He'd never been married, no kids. It is really hard. I mean, we struggled, you know, the past few years. You, you know? had the ready-made family. Yeah, but it's hard. You <laughs> sure. Know? And, it, and I, I, people say, God, you just say anything. I'm like, well, that's what's wrong with the world. We're scared to say it. We're scared to say it. Okay, my husband, I have a great husband, but we're struggling right now. That's okay. That doesn't make us bad people. No. But, but we want to put on this persona that we've got to we're perfect everything and then everybody else around you thinks they're not and and they become you know you look at social media and I'm guilty I don't put the bad days on social media but but you look at everybody around you and 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 think they've got it figured out I don't you become depressed you become anxious you know everybody's everybody's taking medicine because they think everybody else is doing it right and they just are screwed up when the reality is none of us know what we're doing that's right none of us do you just do the best you can do, and and don't judge other people. I love that. So, I mean, my advice. I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like I feel like I got a sermon, and I love it. Well, and and I, I say the sermon is to say, again, if you live long enough, you're going to have the peaks and the valleys, and I'm sure I've got a few more valleys coming. But my son is so wise. He said to me, "Mom, you don't grow at the top of the mountain. It's cold and lonely there." 
which is kind of the way I feel sometimes now. It is cold and lonely at the top of the mountain because everybody wants you to fall off of it. You grow with the adversity in what you overcome and what you achieve. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be rooting for you all the way (laughs) because I just feel like I truly, I mean, I knew a little bit about your story, you know, but I didn't know as much as I know now from sitting here speaking to you and then also listening just to kind of, you know, find out a little bit more. But it's amazing to me that you have done all that you have done having six mouths to feed. In addition well, to your own. I mean, that's amazing. I, you know, it's a, it's a God thing. Because, sure. I mean, it's really just a God thing. I never intended on being successful. Um, I have big dreams. I want to make a lot of money to help a lot of people. Not for, you know, completely self-serving myself. But I want to help other people. And I think I can do that with this book and my reach. Know that, okay, you can, you can do it. You just got to know it. You know, you are what you say to yourself in your mind. And once you realize that, like, I see people that do really bad stuff. I have people that do really bad stuff and say things about things that aren't true all the time. And I stop myself from thinking poorly of them. Because when you think bad of other people, it gets in your soul and it affects who you are. So you, the first place you got to start is with yourself every day and say, you know what? Yeah, they were awful to me, but I don't know what they're going through. Maybe their husband just went to prison for 45 days. Maybe maybe they didn't mean to cut me off in the line. You know, maybe, but you never know what somebody's going through. You don't. I mean, I know that as a mother, and, and like you, I'm far from being perfect, but I tell my child that every day. Be kind, mind your manners, yeah. and behave yourself. Yeah. And she's always like, Mom, I know. And then... You know, we drive down the road and I'll have a red rage moment as I'm prone to do. And she's like, mom, it's probably an old person or it might be a new driver. You don't, I mean, it's flipped right back around and I'm like, you know what? You're right. It probably is. And so I have to check myself. So, but well, we've got three questions we ask everybody who comes on the podcast. Okay. 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 So what are you reading? What do I read? You know, I, um, right now I'm reading Dr. Suri's book. Dr. Oh, Surrey. yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'm reading his book. He's actually inseminating with all my kids. That's like he's the stepfather to my six children. I gotcha. So, some people think that's funny. Some people don't don't get my humor, but I think it's funny. I love it. So, but but outside of reading Dr. Survey's book, um, I really just read self-help self books. Okay. You know, yeah. on like joy and happiness, like time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I'm so busy with my children. They're on in every sport you can think about and got three in college right now and one at high school and one in kindergarten and you know so don't lots uh, going on yeah so don't don't have too much time yeah yeah (laughs) okay what are you listening to when you're in the car so when i in the car i listen to i like to listen to like tony robin i like to listen to things that build me up okay so i'll listen to when i listen to podcasts i'll listen to someone like west brown or tony robbins but i just like um 90s music, 80s and 90s music. Okay. And I like country, so. Cool. I, I love music. So, okay. Yeah. All right. If you could sit on the front porch with anybody, past, present, whatever, living, deceased, I mean, whatever, who would it be and why? It would be my children. Because there's nobody else I'd rather be with. I love that. So, yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been a joy having you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. See ya.